is it's me it's trg the rambling gambler yes i'm the guy in the black vest no i don't work for the casino yes i can tell you where the rewards desk is welcome to episode 53 of our casino combat podcast right after this very important announcement we will get things started right away Anyone, everyone, and everyone else, the fools, the wise men say rush in. Only gamble with money you can afford to lose. Do not gamble with money. You need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that information for you. We will make that information available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted because they are just not interesting <laughs> uh, you won't know it because t-rex will fix it but i jinxed myself last week it took me like three four tries to get that right after last week was so easy um, if you're just finding the podcast for the first time if you're wondering what the heck this is all about uh this is about gambling this is about being good at gambling and you've missed a very busy year. Just over a year ago, as part of uh, my part of the planet was starting to reopen casinos, I decided to use my return to gambling to demonstrate and document that with the right information and skills, anyone can use casino gambling to make both a cash profit most months and receive so much in value from the casinos every month that the occasional losing month just doesn't matter. Over the course of the first year of the podcast, I've shown you the journey from walking into a new casino, Casino 2 as we call it now, for the very first time, to that casino being my home casino and regularly giving us free rooms, food, gifts, and money to gamble with. Now that's not difficult if you just show up and lose thousands of dollars an hour several times a week. It's easy to do it that way. But I did it with small bets a couple of times a month. A couple of visits, not a whole lot of money put at risk. And I won money going through that process. Over the past year, Mrs. TRG and I have traveled a big part of North America living a part-time casino lifestyle for free. I also revealed a slot strategy this year that has been profitable 11 of the past 12 months. And I've met interesting people like Mr. Buster Rooney and The Guardian and The Jet. I encountered the middle circle of madness not once but twice and survived to share the story of what happened when I encountered it. Fred the email bot was created... The games in the podcast were revealed, and the inner circle accepted its first three members, Golden Fan, Master of Details, and Keeper of Wisdom. It's been an interesting year, and thank you to each of you who have taken the time to listen. Before I lay out the plan of attack for our episode today, let me catch you up on what has been going on in the Casino Combat universe this past week. Much to my surprise, not what I expected, but Maxine the Rat did finally pay back her loan from Gabriel. Apparently she was not banned from our local casino after all. So I guess I got to say she was good for it, although it took a fair amount of nagging and tracking her down on Gabriel's part, but I guess she was good for it after all. Uh, so all's well that ends well, and we all benefited from learning or relearning Casino Wisdom number 70. Don't loan money to or borrow money from strangers in a casino. Uh, the Captain of Cali had time to check in with me this week. He has used the core concepts to play pass line bets on uh, the craps table with success, which he correctly observes, at least in my opinion correctly observes, is not a very exciting way to play craps. He was wondering if I had ever expanded from the pass line to the six and the eight, and we chatted a little bit about that. He's getting ready to go to Las Vegas, and he may try that approach out, and hopefully, if he does, we all get a report on how that went when he returns. 
Most importantly this week, perhaps the biggest of big events that can occur in the Casino Combat universe, I am happy and thrilled to share with you that we have a new member of the Inner Circle. Our new member, East Coast Emissary, fourth to the ring, proudly represents our squad from his home casino in Atlantic City. He struggled a bit, admittedly, taking two strikes by naming two incorrect casinos before finally, with his last opportunity, identifying the correct casino and joining the inner circle. He was even generous enough to send me a donation so that Mrs. TRG and I can enjoy a bottle of champagne to celebrate, something that we are planning to do when we are in Atlantic City in a few weeks. If you have not listened to episode 22, here's what this is all about. I'm not going to tell you, you got to go back and listen. It's been a while since I explained it. Let me explain it again. For my travels to places other than Las Vegas, I don't give the names of the casinos I gamble in. Just the travel time to get there, the direction that I go, and the national brand that's involved if there if there is one involved. The casinos that way don't get a free commercial, and I feel like I can be candid with my observations and stories. This all made sense to me at the time that I thought of it, after basically being locked in my house for many months, but it creates a game or puzzle in the podcast, and people have been enjoying it. And the game is this, figure out which of the almost 1,000 casinos in North America is my home casino. When I started the podcast, I considered my local casino my home casino. Between episode 1 and episode 21, where the game was finally revealed, Casino 2 became my home casino. And when a listener chatting with Billy with the great last name online mentioned she was trying to figure out the name of my home casino, the game and the prizes were officially announced in episode 22. And I had so hoped someone would decide to play the game so that I could reveal it. I have six spots left in the inner circle of Casino Combat. You can join, you can become a member of the inner circle by simply figuring out the real world name of my home casino in three guesses or less. That's the master of details rule. If you do do that, I will send you a custom one-of-a-kind polo or t-shirt. Okay, so now that we are caught up with everyone other than Guardian and the Jet, because they still haven't checked in, what are we going to talk about today? I'm going to start with a moment of casino wisdom and introduce you to a new wisdom that, that Mrs. TRG and I needed to put to use in our travels this week. Then I'm going to do our weekly travel segment and share our results for the week as Mrs. TRG and I took a long weekend gamble to a few different casinos. I'm going to do a core concept segment. I want to use the start of year two as a reason to re-examine each of the core concepts, probably with a little more nuance and finesse than the first time I explained them way, way, way back, episode one or two, whatever it was. We will finish up this episode in our newly renamed Virtual VIP Lounge with a fun story, which is part one of the saga I call Mrs. TRG and the Hateful Horseshoe Casino. Okay, that should be enough to keep us busy for the rest of the podcast. Let's get started with a moment of casino wisdom. Casino wisdoms combine knowledge of or experiences with casinos with an action to be taken by someone who is gambling or in a casino. Casino wisdoms are things that myself, Gabriel, the walking Wikipedia, and others have learned over time. We've shared them with each other, and now I try to try to share them with all of you. If you'd like a list of the casino wisdoms and the episode where they were first discussed, Fred the email bot can take care of you. He can handle that. Just send an email to trg at casinocombat.com always spelling combat with a K, of course, and put the two words, get 
wisdom in the subject line. Fred will see the email before I do. He's around all day, every day, every hour of every day, and he will send you a link to download a copy of the book of Casino Wisdoms. Today I want to introduce you to a new Casino Wisdom, Casino Wisdom number 43, and that is this. To keep your losses low, just don't go or don't gamble. This has been in my private list of Casino Wisdoms for a long time now. I've just been waiting for the correct moment to introduce it. Mrs. TRG and I had a need for this Casino Wisdom in our travels this week, and I'm going to share the details of that with you in the travel segment just a little bit later. But I thought that that fact that we needed this wisdom this week made this the right time to add this Casino Wisdom to the official list and to our conversations. The action here is simple. There are times when the right path to being a successful casino gambler is to limit your losses by not gambling. That can mean not going to the casino at the end of the month to protect a small profit for the month. Or, if your promotions dictate you should be in the casino, not gambling while you are there. For example, suppose you've been gambling regularly at a specific casino all month, accumulating entries for a drawing to win a car. You have a lot of entries in the drawing, and you need to be present to activate the entries and win the car. You might also have a loss of a couple days' pay on your ledger for the month. Not enough to wreck your bankroll. Not even enough to send you to your safe to get more funds out to gamble next month. But enough that you really don't want to go buy in at two or three tables and potentially multiply that loss into something that would send you to the safe. Casino Wisdom number 11 teaches us that you can't win the car from the couch, and that's true. Those entries have value or a potential value. If the casino's not far from your home, attempting to capture that value makes sense and is a good use of casino combat techniques. But turning a month with a small cash loss that can be covered by the comps received into a true losing month isn't something we want to do either. Casino Wisdom number 43 is the action to be taken in that example. At the end of the month, with a small loss, often the best action is to keep the losses low and just don't go to the casino. Or, if a car or other valuable could be won, and certainly one without an overnight stay, then go, be present, have a beer, listen to the band, but don't gamble. There are times when the right casino combat option is to keep the losses in check and wait to gamble another time. That is what this Casino Wisdom teaches us. That's what this Casino Wisdom is about. As I mentioned, Mrs. TRG and I had reason to use this wisdom in a slightly different way during our trip, and I'm going to give you all the details for the week in the travel segment up next, and we will look at this Casino Wisdom in that context at that point as well. We did a lot of gambling a lot of different places this week. Midweek, I had a drink with Gabriel and did some gambling locally. Seats at the blackjack table are more available now with restrictions lifting. I had a long session at a blackjack table that ended with a small win and played a losing slot machine on the way out. I also received a small free bet and a scratch-off lottery ticket that won me some money as well, so a tiny profit for the visit. This visit also included an excellent illustration of something I talk about all the time as it pertains to blackjack. Another player at the table with me received a pair of sixes while the dealer was showing a six. The correct play is to split the sixes, which he did after confirming with the dealer and the other players that he was remembering basic strategy correctly. I'm not going to go through the entire thing card by card, but he was dealt a variety of fours, fives, and sixes 
in combinations that eventually had him finish playing his original one hand with four hands, three of them doubled. He ended up with seven units wagered across the four hands. The dealer ended up with a total of 19, and when all the chips were collected and chips paid out, the player won one unit total. A profit for the hand, not the monster win we all hoped would happen as we saw it unfolding, but a profit for the hand. Once everything was resolved and before the cards were collected, the table mentally played the hand out the other way, where he takes a card instead of splitting. If he had taken a card instead of splitting, he would have received a 6 for a total of 18, and the dealer would have had a total of 20. Not only did he win instead of losing, but his correct play caused another player, TRG, to win his hand instead of pushing. This is an excellent illustration of being sure your blackjack progressive bets don't grow so large that multiple splits and doubles wreck your bankroll or force you to make plays outside of basic strategy because you are out of funds. It doesn't happen very often, folks, that one bet becomes six, seven, eight bets, but it does happen. And it happens often enough that I try to be mindful of that when I put together my strategy, my plan for attacking a blackjack table or attacking a casino in terms of the money in my bankroll. On Friday, Mrs. TRG and I made a quick visit to our local casino on our way out of town. We did this because they were giving away collapsible garden hoses just for walking in the door. Nothing else required. Mrs. TRG hasn't even been in that casino in quite a while, has gambled almost nothing there, and she still was uh, eligible to receive a free garden hose. We needed to replace some of our garden hoses, so we planned around our promotions and went and picked up a pair of gifts that we needed instead of purchasing those items uh, with our own money. I also received a $10 free bet, which we bet on black at roulette on our way out, and the famous, or infamous, I guess I should say, $3 of free slot play that this casino, for some reason, doesn't realize it's insulting to give out. I did win $0.63 cents with their $3, however, using TRG slot strategy number one. Money's money. I wasn't going to ignore casino wisdom number 22 and not play my free slot play. Our next stop was our home casino, Casino 2, about two and a half hours east of our home. This is a wonderful My Choice property that we really enjoy every time we are there. They comped us our room for the night. I received a nice match bet. Mrs. TRG received a nice match bet and some free play. If you've not been listening since episode three, understandably, and I think it was episode three. If it wasn't, I did not go back and look. I'm just doing this from memory. Or if you've listened to episode three at some point in the past and you don't recall this, early in this podcast, we went to this casino for the first time ever. I told you in that podcast episode after the visit that by paying the full price for a room to start a relationship with this, this casino, it would prime the pump, so to speak, and they would give us back way more value over time. Now, almost one year later to the day, this is all true. Every month, they give us hundreds of dollars in value to encourage us to return to a hotel and casino that we enjoy every time we were there, a place where we have created many, many, many memories. Casino combat techniques work, and this visit is proof of that. In fact, this whole trip is kind of proof of that. Sadly, our first table, our first blackjack table was a GLL. We gambled, G. We lost, L. We left, L. Left the table, obviously. And that all happened very, very quickly. So quickly, there's not even a good story there. And that's the worst part about a GLL. There's nothing to tell. It just happened and you lost money. And I followed that up with a losing slot machine play while Mrs. TRG used her free slot play on another machine. 
and she almost quadrupled the amount of free play that she was given. So, nice positive there. The first loss was so quick, the first blackjack loss was so quick, that we found another table before dinner, and that was a quick GLL as well for both of us. After dinner, we hit one more table, and it was more of the same, losing very quickly until we hit our negative exit point. And it's at this point that we applied Casino Wisdom number 43. It was very, very early. We'd only been in the casino for around an hour, plus the time we spent having dinner. But actual time in the casino, time spent gambling, right around an hour. The last thing we wanted to do was call it a night and leave. That wasn't what we wanted, that didn't sound fun, and that's still exactly what we did. We kept our losses low for the visit, and we didn't gamble. We went to our room, pulled up Netflix on a laptop, and had some drinks while we watched Netflix. The next day, with more and more restrictions lifted, we ventured out to a local diner for brunch and then did a wine tasting at a local winery before making the one-hour drive south and west to Casino One. My host Bubba had been kind enough to compass a room, and again, compass a room even though my official promotion says Saturday night's supposed to cost me $100. And he got us a reservation at the steakhouse, which are very hard to get on Saturday night without a host helping you out with the reservation. They're that hard to come by. At this point, I'll remind you that in episode 2 of our Casino Combat podcast, we visited this casino the day it opened as the pandemic lockdown started to end. We'd been a regular at this casino a decade earlier, but it had been almost that long since we'd been there for any reason. As I documented at the time, on that trip, we paid full price for two nights in the hotel. We did that knowing that eventually they would be comping us many nights and giving us some money to wager with each time we visited. We left that very first visit with an assigned casino host and a comped reservation for a room a few weeks later. I also told you early in the podcast about creating what I call casino clusters or casino routes, properties near each other or on the way to or from each other that you can visit as part of a single trip. In this case, we combine a comp at our home casino with a comp at a casino on the way home, a casino on the route back, and we did an entire weekend of gambling, eating at local restaurants, and visiting a local winery. And it's unfortunate that some of those outside extras Outside the casino, those parts of living this part-time casino lifestyle have been a little muted during the first year of the podcast. But now that we're able to do more things, it's going to be nice to show you those aspects of things as well. We made what we have been calling date nights into date weekend by combining resources at multiple properties into one nice long weekend where we got lots of comps. Would have been nice if the gambling had been a little better, uh, admittedly. So at this casino, Casino One, we each had some match bets to make. I also received some free slot play and a drink comp. Uh, Mrs. TRG played three losing blackjack tables, but all of them were very, very minor losses. She won some money and then hit a negative exit, so it did not hit her bankroll particularly hard. She played a winning and a losing slot machine as well. She basically broke even for for the visit to that casino in terms of slot play. I managed one winning blackjack table out of three, but admittedly got smacked pretty good at one of the other two tables. We were fortunate that our last table of the evening was one with some fun and interesting people. Okay, more interesting than fun, as you will hear in a minute. It was a good table from an entertainment point of view, and we played for a long time before hitting our exit. It was a great way to spend Saturday night and had an interesting moment from a casino combat point of view and a random moment of strangeness, which is always fun too, um, as long as it doesn't hurt us too bad. Uh, 
There were five of us at the table. The young woman playing the very first spot was not using basic strategy in any way. She was basically guessing at each hand. And the gentleman in the middle of the table was less than thrilled by this as her plays kept making a mess of everything for other people at the table. And she did this every few hands. So he's mumbling and complained to Mrs. TRG and I. And she's leaving the table for phone calls and then returning to yell and be loud and play poorly. At one point, as he is complaining, she says, well, maybe this helps you feel better. And she pulls up her shirt to flash him. (laughs) And responding to what she had shown him, he says, not really. And pulls up his shirt as well, flashing his rather large belly. As I said, a fun and interesting table. Eventually, his complaints became somewhat uh, loud suggestions, let's say. And then the eureka moment happens, the casino combat eureka moment. She finally says, just tell me how to play. I don't know what I'm doing. Y'all seem to know what's going on. I want to learn to play like y'all. At that point, I walked over. I handed her my business card and I said, only because you ask, I do a podcast that teaches people who are interested in how to gamble like me, how to gamble like me. Now, I didn't catch her name since we were on opposite sides of the table. I'll probably never know if the business card even left the casino, let alone if she ever listens, but I tried to help. I did the best I could in the situation. Uh, I had a resource that would address what she was asking, and, and I was more than happy to make her aware of that resource. Sadly, 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 total for the week, we lost almost six days' pay, and I had to pull money, one, in previous months out of the safe to start the new week. Probably the roughest 48 hours of gambling we've had as a couple in a very, very long time. But we had a fun weekend, tried a new restaurant. Mrs. TRG brought home several bottles of wine from the winery. Maybe we helped someone else learn how to gamble. Those are all good things. Those are all positive things. As we know, not every week is a losing week. And we got to take our losing weeks as they happen and try to win the month. Core Concepts is the next segment on the list. Let's get that started right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Since it's been a year since I introduced the core concepts of casino combat, and since they are the pillars on which I believe success in casino gambling is built, I wanted to take a little time today as we start our second year of podcast episodes, and I wanted to walk through those ideas again. The first core concept of casino combat, with both concepts and combat, spelled with a K, is to learn to play a game with a minimum house advantage. The house advantage is the amount of money the casino expects to win per $100 wagered at a game. Different players will win or lose different amounts in any given session, and one table may win more than the expected amount, and the other table may lose more, but over time, the the casino knows what it expects to win. As we have discussed, some bets in the casino have a very small, or in the case of the odds bet on the craps table, Uh, a zero house advantage. So a very small house advantage or no house advantage. Those are the bets we want to make. The ones where the house advantage is very small. 
The idea here is to limit ourselves to bets that are very close to a coin toss, with the house having only a very, very small advantage. If we do that and use the rest of the core concepts, we can win money over time. The next core concept is learn a betting strategy with both progressive and regressive components. Learn, invent, use one of mine, modify one of mine and make it your own. It doesn't matter. You need a wagering strategy. You need a betting process. Call it what you want. You need progressive and regressive components in how you bet. The idea here is that in my experience and the experience of every decent gambler that I've ever met, you can't win consistently by just wagering the same amount hand after hand after hand. And this just makes sense. If we're playing a coin toss game and we want to win more than one unit, our bets have to move up and down. I have found that moving them up and down based on the outcomes of prior wagers, not based on feelings, emotions, or guesses, is the best way to manage the wagering process. As always, if you find something you think works as well or better, I'm interested. I want to know. I want to see it. I want to try it out for myself. I'll happily do that. But I have shown you a time-tested wagering strategy that I call TRG Wagering System 1, as well as TRG Wagering System 3, the Meta Martingale. Both of those wagering systems use progressive and regressive wagers. We've talked about ways to modify and customize those wagering systems as well. The one thing I have not talked much about is TRG Wagering System 2. It does exist. I call it Always Be Grinding. I'm not keeping that one a secret intentionally. If I was sitting at the kitchen table with any of you, I'd be happy to pull out the chips and the cards and, and attempt to teach you. But even in person, it can be a challenging system to explain and for people to grasp. That said, I'm going to make it a point to try to put together the right script, the right process, the right way to teach this without you being able to see it. And I'm going to try to do that in the next few episodes. Maybe not before Atlantic City, but I'm, I'm, I'm committed to the idea that this is kind of the one last piece of everything that I do, of all the tools in my toolbox that, that I need to bring to you, and, and I'm, my intent is to do that. The third core concept is to have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose. Money management is just such an important aspect of being successful at casino gambling. Not having a large enough bankroll or betting more than your bankroll can support leads to what is often called gambler's ruin. Gambler's ruin is reaching the point where you cannot make another bet. You have no chance of coming back. You have no chance of regrouping. If the lowest bet you can make in a casino is 50 cents to spin a slot machine and you only have 30 cents, you can't gamble. Or you have to do what Maxine the Rat does and try to convince someone to loan you money that you can try to gamble with and recoup things. Bad planning, bad technique, bad way to go about things. Not what successful gamblers do. And as we've discussed, bankroll requirements are calculated based on the bets you're going to make or by starting with the size of your gambling bankroll and doing the calculation backwards to determine the size bet your bankroll can support. So doing it forward, the calculation I use to determine bankroll and bet size is the amount you're going to wager times 10, and that equals your table buy-in. And then that amount times 3 is the minimum, the very minimum bankroll to go gamble. The calculation done the other way is the bankroll that you can afford to lose divided by 3 to determine your table buy-in and that number divided by 10 to determine the wager size the bankroll can support. That's how I do those calculations. 
Now, look, you can do it other ways, right? You can do it times 12 instead of times 10 because you want some extra cushion. You can say that for you, you, it needs to be four tables as your buy-in. That can work. You're expanding the bankroll. You're expanding your options. I'm never going to be in, in uh, against that, I guess, is the better way to say it. I'm never going to say, no, that's not the right way to do it. That's perfectly fine. But this is like the TRG minimum approach. If you can't do this, if it doesn't work at the casino you're going to gamble at, don't gamble. The fourth core concept is get a player's card. This is obviously very, very, very easy. You don't really even have to learn anything. But easy does not mean unimportant. I meet people all the time who don't have a player's card or don't know how a player's card benefits them. Part of doing casino combat is using and in some ways trying to abuse the free stuff that casinos give away to encourage players to visit and gamble. A player's card is the way we get my classic and overused example. And that's this. If the casino gives me a $200 room to enjoy for the evening and a $200 fine dining experience and all that's free and I gamble and I drink and I tip all night and I leave the next day with $10 less than I walked in the day before, I won. Sure, look, I'd rather walk out with 100 a 1000 more than what I came in with and that often happens. You've seen that. I've talked about that. But I'm fine with losing a little tiny bit. Losing and spending $10 to get four or $500 in value? And you're going to invite me back again for that same thing in a couple weeks? I won. I probably won some money because I certainly spent more than $10 on tips and drinks. Absolutely guaranteed. You know, probably tipped the guy who parked the car $5. I mean, once they start parking the cars again, it's an example. It's an illustration. It's not a perfect reflection of all, all the issues and details. Look, that's winning from a casino combat point of view. Losing $10 but getting four or $500 in value. In fact, you didn't lose $10, you spent it. Having a player car, player's card is the way we take advantage of the casino's generosity and in many cases, over-generosity. Honestly, item five is the only difficult item on the list of casino combat core concepts. And in hindsight, one I should probably talk about more. Have the discipline to win a small set amount of money and leave, or lose a small amount of money and leave. This can be leave the table or leave the building, depending on the situation. This is why I always include negative, which is, of course, to say losing exit points in my wagering strategies. Lose a small amount and leave the table. That's the idea. And of course, the much more fun, positive exit points, which occur not as a way to say, this is when you leave the table. You've won this month, leave. No, no, no. This is the amount you're going to win, and then you're going to start planning to leave the table when the winning stops. If the winning continues, great. That's what we want. Keep playing. Play for as long as the winning continues. But if you've won the amount you set out to win at the table, make sure you leave with a profit. TRG Wagering Systems 1 and 3 offer excellent examples of a negative exit point. If you lose three or at most four hands, spins at the roulette wheel, pass line wagers at craps, baccarat bets, leave the table. On the positive side, when you double the amount, when I double, let's look at it that way. You do what you do. But on the positive side, when I double what I bought in with, I'm going to leave the table with a profit. I'm going to make sure it happens. I'm not going to leave a loser if I manage to double my money. 
Look, I may continue to win. We've talked about that before. We've talked about uh, our Casino Wisdom have a win stack, and I'm not going to check the list and, and tell you the number because I'm doing this part kind of off the top of my head. I'm a little off script here. That happens a lot. But I'm going to have a win stack. I'm going to continue to win. I'm going to use my chips as an abacus, and I'm going to keep playing, but I'm going to leave the table with a profit. I'm going to make sure of that because that's one of the keys to this whole thing. That's why it's a core concept. The sixth core concept is try to win the month, not the table or the day. If you lose or spend more during the month than you won, make up for that, make up for what you lost and spent with comps and gifts from the casino. Maybe there's someone who can teach us how to win every single table we play. Maybe that exists. Maybe someone knows that and I just don't know it. Certainly there are plenty of people online who make the claim that, that they can sell you their secret and you can win every time. I love that with Baccarat. I'll reveal to you my secrets for always winning at Baccarat. Yeah, you won't. If you did, why don't you just tell me what it is. I'll evaluate it and if it works, I'll tell everybody else. And that's true. If I find something that lets you win every single table... I will share it with you. You know I will do that, and I won't try to sell it to you. But I don't know how to do that. I'm not claiming that I can teach you how to do that. But you don't have to win at every table to win money from casinos over the course of a month. You have to keep your losses when you lose smaller than your winnings when you win. If you do that, and roughly half your tables are winning tables, you will finish most months with a cash profit. This core concept should also help with the emotional part of losing while gambling. Maybe everyone isn't this way, but losing stings a little bit. I don't like to lose money, but when you're trying to win the month, not the table, it doesn't feel so bad. You, you go, oh yeah, okay. I, I probably won some money last week. Oh, let me check my let me check my list. Yeah, I won some money last week. Probably win some money next time. Oh, okay, that's fine. Losing days are not as big a deal emotionally if you've managed your bankroll correctly and you know you can still have a winning month. When you use the core concepts, you have a plan for gambling, a plan made before you enter the casino. You have, as Virginia Casino player Doug correctly pointed out and coined the phrase, you have casino confidence, confidence spelled with a K, you know that. Planning is such an important part of being good at casino gambling, and the core concepts, the pillars as I call them, provide that plan, provide that structure, provide that framework. Now, I still try to plan a little farther, right? You know, often I go into a casino, particularly if I'm by myself, and I know it's going to be play my free bet, play my free slot play while hitting my first table and my first slot machine for the day. Then grab some food. Then play two, three more tables depending on how they go. Hopefully they go long and I make a lot of money. Maybe I hit another slot machine on the way out. If I'm gambling solo and if I made a drive, that's the plan. All built on the foundation of the core concepts of Casino Combat. The last thing I want to mention here is the boot camp playlist on the Casino Combat YouTube channel. In that playlist, I break down in a great deal more detail each aspect of the core concepts. I teach the gambling systems. I teach all of this in detail in short targeted lesson. The entire playlist teaches the fundamentals of good casino gambling in less than 90 minutes. And let's be very, very honest here. That's all the core concepts are. Solid, fundamental gambling techniques. I tried to arrange them in an interesting way. I tried to put some terminology on them that makes them easy to remember. 
but I didn't you invent anything unique or brilliant here. I just learned how to be good at casino gambling the hard way through trial and error, through mistakes, through overbetting, through underbankrolling, through all of those things. And I'm trying to use podcasting to shorten that process for anyone else who is interested. Okay, let's finish up as we always do in the newly renamed. Okay, Sips and Stories next in our newly renamed and renovated virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the Virtual VIP Lounge, which looks exactly the way you imagine it to look and has the very best imaginary everything almost all the time. As I shared earlier, we did a winery tasting near our home casino this past week, brought back a a bottle of something called Wildcat Red. So I've poured a little bit of that for myself. I'm going to have some sips and uh, share with you part one of the saga that I call Mrs. TRG and the Hateful Horseshoe Casino. And part one is just a fun story, a story that can stand on its own, and it's a, it's a story about a unique night of playing blackjack, but it's also kind of informative to part two, which is also a story that stands on its own, and a story that I'm going to tell you next week, but when you take the two together, it makes part two a little more ironic. So here we go. Part one of Mrs. TRG and the Hateful Horseshoe Casino. Several years ago, we were invited by Caesars Entertainment. This is when I was at Tier 4. There are seven stars tier in their system. And we were invited by them to fly to Tunica and stay in their horseshoe-branded hotel. We'd never been to Tunica. It sounded like fun. It was in the summer. Mrs. TRG didn't have to teach school. So off we went. The Horseshoe in Tunica is located in basically a cul-de-sac with an MGM property called the Gold Strike and another Caesars property, at least it was a Caesars property at the time, I've not been back recently for reasons to be revealed, uh, but there was a Caesars property next door to the to the Horseshoe called the Roadhouse and you could literally uh, kick a soccer ball from the entrance of any of these casinos to the entrance of any of the other casinos. And other than casino stuff, there is just not much to do in Tunica. And on our second of three nights uh, doing casino stuff, we wandered from the horseshoe across the driveway to the roadhouse, and we did that around midnight just to see what this other casino was like. And while the horseshoe casino was very much a full-blown casino, the roadhouse was more a warehouse, if you'll pardon the, uh, the rhyming there. The roadhouse was more a warehouse with a bunch of slot machines, a snack bar that was not open at midnight, and uh, a very small table games pit, maybe six table games. And all of the whole thing was mostly empty of customers at midnight. But there was an open blackjack table, and to our surprise, that blackjack table had a $2 minimum wager as the requirement. And this was not that long ago. This is not one of those TRG 30 years ago stories. No, this was uh, uh, just a few years ago. And at that time, table limits everywhere we gambled started at $15, and that was usually 6 to 5 and you had to pay up to get a, a better limit than that. Sometimes $15 would get you 3 to 2 but this was a $2, 3 to 2 blackjack table. We hadn't seen a limit like that in at least a decade, if not longer at the time. Well, having seen everything this casino had to offer, and having spent lots of time in the other two casinos, and with nothing but time on our hands, we figured, hey, $20 buy-in each, Couldn't go wrong with having some beers at the Roadhouse and playing some cheap blackjack. I don't recall 
but it is safe to assume that we probably started the evening in the Horseshoe VIP lounge at some point. So I'm pretty sure that we were not just starting at midnight uh, in, in terms of the alcohol by any means. Once again, relevant next week. When the waitress came by, I ordered two shots of Jaeger and two beers, only to be informed that she couldn't serve two drinks to a person at one time. And I said, no problem, just the shots then. We, we will get the beers later. And I tipped her a couple dollars. So a few minutes later, four waitresses return. The first two each have a shot of Jaeger on their tray, which they hand to each of us. The original waitress I had spoken to said, you said you'd want beers later. So since I can't serve two drinks to anyone at the same time, I brought friends. As soon as you finish your shots, it will be later than it is now. And you have, we have your beers for you. <laughs> so of course we did our shots quickly and we received our beers. The other gentleman, also gambling at our blackjack table, saw this and decided to join us for the second round, you know, like 30 minutes later or whatever. So we gambled and drank and repeated the process multiple times until the very, very wee hours of the morning. And I'm not even sure when the wee hours are, but everybody says that. Each time we ordered drinks, a waitress or waitresses would bring us a shot and then a different waitress would hand us our beers when we finished our shots. The stakes were low. The other players became our drinking buddies. It was a fun night. All we had to do was walk across a driveway, basically, to get to our t hotel room. We talked a few weeks ago in the podcast about sometimes there are rules that get broken creatively in a casino and no one really cares. This was a great example of creative rule breaking by the waitresses. We had a good time. They got lots of tips. Everybody seemed happy about it. We went to bed happy with our trip to Tunica. And even if there wasn't much to do besides eat, drink, and gamble, it was still a fun place. Now, if you're thinking that doesn't sound like the saga of anything hateful, you would be correct. So far, it is not. Part one is just a fun story about low-stakes gambling, drinking, and creative rule-breaking. Part one of the story is provided standalone for contrast and comparison to part two, which I will share with you next week. So I encourage you to join me next week here in the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge to hear part two of the saga of Mrs. TRG and the Hateful Horseshoe Casino, where things go from great to weird and then very quickly to difficult and angry. If you are playing the casino chip game, there are seven in this episode of the podcast from the beginning to the end. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. That's it. Love it. Hate it. It doesn't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, folks. Thanks for listening.